0: It's Fresh Catch 2.0 with David Dean and Dave Ron. Hey, we haven't started yet. Here we go. <laughs> That's us. It's Fresh Catch 2.0. This is Dr. Dave Ron, my buddy David Dean. We're the regulars, but we have a special guest, Gene Reineman. Gene, we are so glad to have you here. Even though you have just confessed. That you're uh, a little nervous because uh, one of us is funny and one of us is really smart,
1: and, and I'm neither.
0: And and,
2: and David, listeners, Dave, listeners, take a guess. <laughs> Gino, we we absolutely
0: uh, we absolutely welcome you uh, to upgrade uh, us in both territories because. Uh, <laughs> It's been a minute, man. It has been a minute. We, we already, uh, as is fitting with a fresh catch, uh, sort of uh, prelude before we turn on the recording, uh, we were talking about all things uh, fashion and, and uh, you know, and, and Gene, you were introducing the the journey of... Um, Men's of, maternity uh, pants. <laughs> maternity. That's how you call it. You're wearing yeah. maternity
1: pants right now. And stretch belts, apparently. I know. Yeah, it's new. I, I can't believe no one thought of it earlier. You know, good
2: doctor, we have both known Gene for a lot of years. I, I'm i not seeing you for some time in person, Gene, but I will tell you, um, I can't picture you with a man pouch. You've always been a that's very
0: trim. That's
2: what I'm thinking,
0: right? I mean, he's been like 12-pack territory. And so, but notice what he's done. I mean, he's he's recording from inside the car so literally one of the first things i said to him when we got on is hey can you stand up so that i can see you know how how absolutely you know flat-bellied you
2: are because that's how i remember you gene and he's side note side note gene that that does
1: sound a bit creepy when an older man says right and that's not what he asked he said what are you he said what are you wearing right now (laughs) when
2: when an (laughs) older guy that's retired says yeah, I'm just seeing the face. Um, Get <laughs> out the car and give me the whole the whole deal.
1: You walk around a little bit. <laughs> hey, by the way, I was on your side, uh, Doctor Dave, last week. Um, I about the whole tool thing. I was thinking the same thing you were. I didn't think anything uh, negative about it until my wife said, "Really that." I said, yeah, a tool just means that you're kind of a big, and I used the little Richard word, and then we both paused, and I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) It is is kind of inappropriate.
2: (laughs) Gene, you still have young people. If you could introduce your family, the young people probably gives you a little entry into the world of, you know, street talk.
1: Can you introduce your family? Well, they're not in the vehicle here with me. Um, I'm sorry. But uh, my daughter, uh, Josette, is a freshman in community college nearby. Yeah. And uh, she, it, I took her out to Huntington last year just to give her a, a tour. And right now she's thinking about going there, but she's decided to do one more year of community before she goes to Huntington, yeah. uh, if that's where she ends up. And, uh, and my son, uh, so her name's Josette. And uh, my son, Gabe, is uh, 14 and a middle schooler.
0: Hmm.
1: And your lovely bride? uh, My lovely bride, Joey, is a kindergarten teacher in the the metropolis of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Which is where you're broadcasting from right now. Is that right? No, right now I am in Anvil, Pennsylvania, uh, sitting at a Rudder's Mini Mart. Anvil, home of Lebanon Valley College, if you're familiar with that. Maybe not. Um, But yeah, so I'm on the road every day, all day. And uh, I was able to pull off here. And I spend most of my day uh, gauging the shadow cast from the sun uh, and the best angle to park my car and which vehicle uh, provides the most shade so that I can do work on my laptop.
2: Do we ask what that job entails, Gene? Yeah. I mean you're a road warrior and David David kind
0: of claims being a road warrior and I've traveled a little bit, but you I think maybe you have
1: us both on this uh on this I spend a lot of time in truck stops.
0: Well then how come how come Tim Atkins knows more about truck stop language
1: than you do? That's what I wanna know. Uh usually I tell people I spend a lot of time in uh, road stop bathrooms. <laughs> but uh <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do the game show thing where uh, they, like Pat Sajak will ask uh, somebody where they work. Like, I work for a large industrial automation company, uh, and we, we sell and repair electronic controls okay. for, for manufacturing. So Anvil, where I'm at right now, is just down the road from Hershey, PA. I was just at the Hershey plant uh, just a few minutes ago. Okay.
0: So did you, guys have, did you guys run into, like, harsh stuff then with this whole supply chain deal?
1: Yes, uh, and because of that we have to um, we have to apply a supply chain fee to every transaction, but uh, it kind of benefits us as well because companies like I'm not even sure I should have said where I was, like Hershey, <laughs> for instance, uh, they use a lot of controls but um, and it probably affects smaller mom and pop operations more, but they can't afford perhaps to upgrade or buy something new because of the supply chain. So they have to keep what they've got uh, working longer. And so for companies like us, we sell a lot of uh, previously owned stuff, and we also repair all that stuff. So uh, we've been booming.
2: And how long uh, have you
1: been doing this, and where do the travels take you? Uh, Six years uh, coming up on Monday. Wow. Yeah. So, Dave, I think last time I saw you, you were doing a little gig in Chambersburg at for Dave uh,
0: Newell. Newell,
1: yeah. And is that the year – did the Cubs win the the uh, World Series in 2014, 15? Is I that what 16. it says? 16. So I think I saw you in 2015 maybe because I wore a Cubs jersey and a Cubs hat just for you.
2: I was – Yeah, I was at, shout out to Scotland. Yeah, Scotland campus. Yeah. Not too far from you. It was a family comedy night that uh, the the president, our good buddy, Dr. David Newell hosted, and you and your uh, family showed up. And if I remember correctly, it's been a few years, and I've slept since then. And that was it. That was just us. I think it was uh, just the four of you in the audience. And you and your wife giggled, and I believe one of your children fell asleep and the other left. <laughs> that's why you wanted the names because uh as
0: as i recall he's a very vindictive comedian he's not just mad. just no he's just gonna get even yeah no he picked on a couple of old ladies in the front row but that's, i that's, yeah, yeah there you go he, yeah. he he calls it low-hanging fruit which is not a derogatory term <laughs> for what their body looks like in any way <laughs> <shape or> form. <laughs>
2: Here we go. We've come back around to tools. <laughs>
1: hey, I forget what Gene, you asked I, me,
2: Gene. I know, I know you have a long history with Dr. Dave, but I love the retired Dr. Dave
1: more than I did
2: <laughs> thirty years when he was employed.
1: Hey, so the first time I was thinking about this cause I had no idea what you guys would ask me. Cause like I said, I have no idea what I can contribute to anything intelligent, intelligent, but, um, I was thinking, well, maybe we'll talk about where I first remember seeing the both of you. And, uh, with Dr. Dave, uh, I think it was in a 1982 youth convention. Oh I was probably, I was probably a freshman in high school. Yeah. And, uh, you and Tim are doing life of a potato,
0: <laughs> and, uh, hey, and been,
2: uh, names come. He his name comes up probably every third to fourth podcast. Gene, kind of like COVID, it just has a different variant, you know.
0: <laughs> and
1: is there a vaccine? I've been triple boosted. <laughs> uh, so, so you're you're at a so Dave, Dave. You look like uh, at that time. You kind of look like a Sears robot. Uh, Sears robot uh, catalog model. And, uh, and Tim looked like the Dutch boy from the front of the can of paint.
2: <laughs>
1: the hair has never changed. <laughs> and all, and all I remember from that is Tim pointing at people like this with his thumb. His hand up pointing with his thumb. <laughs> yeah. So
2: and, that, uh, was, that was your first interaction with Dr. Dave and Tim. Yeah. And I, probably a
1: youth for Christ. Event, is that right? No. It was a United Brethren youth thing.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. So uh, then Dave Dean. Um, I think you and I—you might be a year older than me. I think we're about the same age. But uh, I remember you talking to Dave in the top level of the hub while I was I was in the in there for lunch or something, and uh, you had you had a tight curly mullet at the time, I believe. <laughs> Oh, the mullet days, I loved it. I went on to have my own then, because I think mostly because of you. (laughs) Yeah, it was.
2: uh... So were you a student at at Huntington College at the time?
1: Yeah, I started there. Uh, People will tell you that I was there longer than four years, but that's not true. Um, (laughs) uh, I was there from the spring of 86 through the fall of 89. You were there enough, long enough, and at
0: least had a big enough uh, uh, imprint that I can't. When I see your name pop up, I automatically think the shorthand that was on the license plate,
1: you know, Gino HC. Hey, so last fall when I took my daughter there over homecoming, I said, Now, Josie, I just got to warn you, there will be people who call me Gino HC. So I was really playing that up. I don't know how many people we went through before anybody called me that. <laughs> and uh, we came on Ron Coffee, and I said, I thought, all right, here, he's going to do it. And I said, Ron Coffee. And he turned around and he said, Gene Reinemann. And a part of me died right about then. <laughs> and, uh, and then, but a split second later, he says, Gino HC. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Well, G- he, was the, he was the only one. <laughs>
2: Nick. I'll ask you this question. Um where were you born and raised and how did you happen to come across Huntington College at the time and now Huntington University? Hey, you uh, want to see that docudrama? What are you doing? I mean, yeah. this is like I want some backstory,
1: Dr. Dave.
0: Ah, uh, you well, are been right. watching too much PBS. Go ahead, Gene. Go
1: Wait, on. who's narrating this thing? Is it the guy from uh, Forensic Files or <laughs> no? uh so I was born in uh small town, Orstown, Pennsylvania, kind of between Shippensburg and Chambersburg, and uh, lived there all my life. Uh, Grew up in the United Brethren Church and uh, went to four years of those youth conventions out in Huntington. And uh, at that time, there was a large contingent of people from my area at Huntington. And uh, I graduated from high school and uh, went into the working world for a year and a half, and then just decided that I was going to go to college, and uh, that was just where I was going to go.
2: Mm. And and Dave, did you ever have Gino in class?
1: I don't. Really Maybe know. grad class. I took grad classes with yeah, you. I think. Right. Yeah, right. And and uh, for a minute after
0: college, Gene, didn't you uh, also? Uh were you a camp director at a at
1: a, like Cedar Lake or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are both familiar with Cedar Lake. Yeah, yeah. So I was there for a few years, and uh, and then moved back to Chambersburg. Uh, worked for a little bit at uh, Rhodes Grove Camp, and uh, then I was in the youth pastor for fifteen years. After that, oh, up yeah. until two thousand fifteen. Dave,
2: I think you and I both were invited to speak at Cedar Lake Bible Camp when uh, Gina was running the operation there.
0: Yeah, he did that. That's probably why he uh, he's not still doing that. Um, he, you know, <laughs> he had a really. I'm guessing Tim Atkins was on the l- list, and, and we just you know he just doesn't didn't have a
2: good depth chart there that he could work with in terms of talent pool. Gina, what were uh, what were some of your highs and lows of running? a uh camp like that and i this is not a an indictment or a bouquet of roses towards cedar lake bible camp which i believe is just south of alparaiso what's uh that's that's probably kind of a high burnout gig isn't it
1: yeah yeah it can be um it, it's a it was a beautiful area even though uh the running joke was that um the lake was just full of scum at the lowest point or at the highest point, it was only about 16 feet deep, although it was an 800 acre lake. And so every summer when there's a lot of activity on the water, it just stirred everything up. Yeah. Right. So it was always kind of gross looking. Um, but, uh, the area was great. And, uh, I loved, of course, getting to know all the different kids, the staff, and, uh, the cycle of speakers that would come in and the musicians, Uh, So I always loved uh, getting in touch and and getting to know all those people. The lows would be that um, looking back, I was a little homesick uh, being out there and um, being away from Pennsylvania, I guess. Well, actually, not so much that, but just that when I got out there, I didn't know anybody. Mm. Uh, And so that was kind of rough. So it impacted um, probably my effectiveness a little bit. I think, I think Illinois as a state is a snooty that way. (laughs) Well, but we were in Indiana. This was a Cedar Lake is in Indiana. Yeah. He doesn't pay attention in retirement. You have to say it twice. (laughs) I'm going to get my map out and
0: redraw the lines. Apparently I had it. It is. Lake County.
1: Chicago land.
2: I I always enjoyed speaking there. um, Just. You know, sometimes the uh the camp director he hires and fires and he gets a hold of the speaker, musician, uh, you know, the registration, all that, and then they disappear. You were always hands-on, you were always there. You had no problem getting on stage and, and you know, giving the rules for the weekend to the kids, but yet in a fun, light way, and, and this is what Dr. Dave and I talked about was get a you know, a great wit and uh, you're able to kind of disarm
1: uh the crowd. And uh so I thought you were a good job. Top top 10 things not to do every weekend. Top (laughs) 10 things not to do. Um, Thank you, but I think that I tried to rely on that too much. So I would would always try to yuck it up. And uh, if there's ever an opportunity for me to put my foot in my mouth, uh, I would always dive right into that.
0: Gino I I'm sitting here and this is this is legit. I'm looking back on a long history of investment in youth ministry and your words there uh uh I probably did that too much kind of thing, you know, sort of sitting in in my own skill set. I I feel that right now. I I feel not not I feel it personally so <clears throat> I'm standing back that then go, "Man, I just did some things I'd like to do them over again." Uh, and I know God is gracious and gave us a lot of fruit and 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 uh, some good outcomes in in spite of all that. But the bottom line is, I'm also standing there, and we're in a season. Everybody's who's been a, around for a minute in youth ministry looking at each other, going, "This is not the collective national storyline about young people is not a good storyline." Mm-hmm. And we who've been the caretakers of youth ministry have to stand next to this body of work and go. Yeah, we did. We didn't do some things right. What you're describing is, is at the heart of my sense that we didn't do things right enough. We, uh, we probably made, we probably spent too much of our time really enjoying each other, and we did. We laughed our heads off, and we imagined that that's the thing that really makes a big difference for kids. When in fact, it's the passion for Jesus and getting close enough over time that you help people actually figure out how to follow Him.
1: Well, you know, toward the end of uh, my last stint uh, at a church, what I was most proud of was that I had developed a team of adult volunteers, and we broke them, broke the kids down into what we called tribes, uh, and those were the ones that were really investing into the lives of those young people, and many of them, even six years after I'd been on staff, and we now attend that same church that I was on staff at, uh, they're still involved yeah. uh, and doing a great job, so uh, that was probably my, what I consider my biggest accomplishment.
0: Yeah, good, good for you because I I love that I love that story I love that trajectory too. I mean, there was a part of, you know, I I was a passionate guy in my early years of ministry, but I didn't have a clue about what to do with volunteers, and I thought it was all on me.
1: And uh, you know, so, so that part of, my, part of my part of my story also is uh, not developmentally delayed, but I I've always thought. Looking back as I grow wiser that i have always been emotionally or m- maturely <laughs> mature uh, I've always been delayed um vocabulary I think yeah. yeah 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 vocabulary delayed and uh I've always thought that i <laughs> just was a little slow to the a little slow to the game all through my life so um i i think now that I've got kids that are teenagers, I'd make a much better youth pastor mm. just because that's I good. see all the things that they're going through and that I'm dealing with and wonder, oh, that's why those other kids, uh, A, B and C, um, acted that way or yeah. said those things or wanted or wanted things to be that way. You know, that is great insight. Yep.
2: You know, back in those years when I were was speaking at middle school, high school Summer camps, winter retreats, all those. And you joining in forces with you. Can we call those the mullet years by chance? That was, the, that was the, some of the best mullet years of my life. And uh, my Walkman and my pager were just the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was always so easy to speak to kids because it's like, I'm not living it, but here's what I hope for in my own kids. You know, you, 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 you kind of speak from that perspective. And here's what I want you to do. If I were talking to my own kids, as middle school, high school kids, um, that's a great. Hey, I don't want to get too personal here, and I don't want to peel too many layers back. But what's your you blood type? I'm going to do go. ahead Are you about to tell me I have a bat in the cave? Or no? Uh, no, this is just. I'm just, I'm just trying to be Barbara Walters here for for a second. What a what a trendy reference, by the way. But uh, <laughs> it was that or Anderson. And Cooper, so you pick Robert. Robert Frost. <laughs> can, you, can you share with our seven listeners a little insight about the journey with your your um your family and some health issues
1: and how God has come yeah actually you. yeah actually I was going to say that back when we were talking about my family we got sidetracked. Um, my wife is a five and a half year survivor of breast cancer. Oh, great. and um and she's doing great. Uh, that was a, yeah, that was a, anybody who's been through that situation before knows that that was a, a, a struggle to go through for a while. Um, but she handled it like a champ and, um, we relied on strength from God and the, and the support of family and friends from our church. And, uh, she's doing wonderful. I mean, she teaches kindergarten. She's Busy all the time. Yeah, yeah. I followed your post
2: on Instagram, social media, and I remember. uh, Again, that was a few years ago. And it, for those of us that are not in the family, you read it and then life goes on. But when you're living it, it's like that's an earmark in your in your 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 marriage and your history, and you never forget. But I I do recall that and just uh, mm. kind of the fear as I as I
0: read the words you know the most uh, the most eloquent thing you said in there wasn't even a word, as you described it. You as you started to do that, you you took a deep sigh, and then mm-hmm. I heard that sigh and that sigh almost like I, I'd like to un you know. There's a story inside that sigh. I'm
2: mm-hmm. gonna bottle
0: it. That is. Um, that's, well, I, I hope a deep sigh.
1: I always hope uh, that. I don't know if I've voiced these words to her, but I hope that I was support enough for her. Uh, my growing up, my dad had uh, Hodgkin's disease in 1980, and uh, and he was cured of that. But the treatment at that time was kind of barbaric, and I think it wrecked his body going forward. And he and he was just everything knocking down after that. Now he lived until. He was 75 years old and then pancreatic cancer got him. Um, But he used to always, he knew that he had, he had been in the hospital overnight 33 times. I think (laughs) Uh, he always kept track and it just got to the point where I had almost become callous to the news that dad's in the hospital. Cause I just always figured, well, he gets out every time. I mean, he'll, he'll get through this. And so when this came around with Joey and her cancer, um, of course we knew that God has everything in control for his purposes. Um, I just hope that I relayed that well enough and didn't uh, kind of play it off. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. What you described makes me think about, Okay. So just last night I was on, I was doing a zoom research, uh, interaction with, uh, youth ministry in Alabama. And, uh, the heart and soul of this is, is downstream of the fact that we have so much relational capacity and it's based upon just biology in our brain. Our brain has so much size. And so therefore we can only literally, care about, actively care about so many people at once in our friendship circles.
2: Interesting. So,
0: yeah, we could have a friend from a long time ago, but they don't take up brain space because we don't see them very often. So you can only keep track of, and the thing I'd like to talk about, that, that again, that research goes from Robin Dunbar at Oxford since 1995, really good research, long time going, it's stable, it's solid. The capacity to care fascinates me and it's more than just our friendships. So when you are in a place like you're describing Gene as a husband for a, a breast cancer wife. Uh all of a sudden the care, you know, you're required to to step up in ways that you hadn't had before. All of us are 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 faced with stuff. I mean this is what's killing us in the news, right? It's killing us with what we see in Ukraine. On I mean how my heart's breaking when I see that. And then sure enough, uh, one of my grandson's little, little buddies just got diagnosed with leukemia is down in Riley hospital. And I'm going, oh, my heart is just crushing is crushed. And I, I know that I can't keep up on my caring, you know, that's how I'm, I'm, I'm coming up against that. And I think it probably is simply a, a batter of, of the, of the brain's capacity. And, uh, all of us, are, if, if all you do is get, you know, everywhere you turn, you, you look at some crisis, some crisis, some crisis, and you're expecting to care, and then pretty soon you just go, I can't, and you insulate yourself, and you just can't can't kind of keep up. I think that God is unbelievably gracious in this, and Jesus took on the same limitations with the same kind of human brain that we have. He understood how to care for the person in front of you at the moment, and uh, I think that that that's a way of being. Uh, that's a way of being a good Samaritan. I'll, I'll say it that way. That's a way of when I'm a good husband yeah. and a good husband. Yep, exactly. This is my world, my place, and yeah. we get a chance to care and then move on. And that's mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that because we we have another thing to care about. So,
1: so it's okay to be a little a little com- compartmentalized. It, I, yeah, or another way to say it, comport,
0: compartmentalized, which is not easy to say, is uh, is one way. I think the other way is to be fully present in this moment, in this place, in this time, and to live that way um, uh, feels defensible to me. I mean, yeah. just because I can have access to news around the world doesn't mean I all of a sudden can care about. You know everybody i mean i'm getting requests from some christian brothers and sisters in zimbabwe or bangladesh through facebook you know that you know they've, they've hunted me down they their their stories are legit i think some aren't but they're legit uh i just i can't keep up yeah um, yeah well yeah. On, that, on that note um tell me again tell me how tell me how you'd settled on the name for your oldest Daughter Josette, because that feels like somebody lost a bet there. I don't know.
2: Did, did you hear? Did you hear the semi truck brakes come to a screeching halt, <laughs> and then it made a hard right? Did you hear that, Gino?
0: It would have bothered me all day long. I'm retired, so it would have it would have run into my Wordle, my Sudoku, all the things that I'm trying to do with my day. I, I
1: thought, well, how, how did Josette come to mind? I've never heard of Josette. So we were going to name her Bailey and uh, <laughs> we went through a whole list of names. She actually has two middle names. It was going to be. Uh, That's like going from, we were going to name our son,
2: Francesco. We, Todd. we just called him Todd.
1: Uh, it was going to be uh, Bailey, uh, Olivia. And uh, we were watching the show on TLC called trading spaces. Yep. You remember that. And, uh, there was a, so back up a little bit, Joey's favorite up until Hamilton came out, Joey's favorite, uh, Broadway show was Les Mis. Okay. I mean, now she sings Hamilton all the time, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, she used to sing Les Mis all the time. And there was a character in Les Mis named Cosette and, uh, we we're watching trading spaces one day and there. There's a young lady of one of the contestants, or if that's what you call them. Her name was Josette, and we thought, wait, that's kind of a combination between my wife Joey and Cosette, and so we went with it. We called her Josette, but right. now we name her we name her Josie. We call her Josie, which is like Joey with an S in the middle. Um, not even thinking that that's how Josie Wales spelled his name, also. Yeah. Well. So when I tell, when I tell people her name's Josie, most most others say, "Oh, did you name her after Josie Wales." And I'm like, "Well, no." Yeah. Even though I do love, I do love Clint Eastwood, but uh, no. every girl's dream to be named after Clint Eastwood, right? Somehow. <laughs> so that's the story. Wow. So her name is uh, Josette Olivia Rose. Okay. I love that story, and Les Mis,
0: uh, the only. Live, I, I saw that production live in London. Nice, oh, and and that's that's as much as I've ever done in London. That's what that's it. I see. We
1: oh, wow. saw it on our we saw it on our honeymoon in New York City. Um, but I I watched the I watched the Liam Neeson version of it before I went, so that I knew what was happening, so I could follow along. Because when she and I were dating and I was working at Cedar Lake, we went up to Chicago to watch uh, The Phantom. And uh, I fell asleep instantly. I mean, <laughs> well,
2: I just want to tag on to both of you. Dave has seen a musical in London. You've seen New York, uh, Chicago. I saw Hello, Dolly! in Warren, Indiana with a local <laughs> theater production, and it was amazing. Was, was, was Pappy in that? Pappy and uh, a couple of the locals, and uh, some of the, the, the children of the town, and it lasted about 20 minutes. But it was uh, that, that's my way of trying to keep up with your conversation of all of your cultural experiences. We're
0: all in it together, which is, you know, it's a it's a big ocean of culture.
2: And, yeah. and after watching, saw, named our daughter Dolly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I sold a trap in London uh, play. I saw the, uh, wait, what was that, uh, Kevin Costner movie about Al Capone? What was that called? Untouchable. Uh, untouchable. I saw that movie in London, 1987, I think. You you have,
0: you have some, you have a London history, David, have you ever been to London? Okay. London, Kentucky. That's right. We talked about that. Yeah.
1: London, Ontario. Yeah,
0: there's a oh there's God. a Shakespeare Festival is. And that's where I went on my honeymoon.
2: Ooh.
0: Wow. To London? To London, Ontario and the Shakespeare Festival. Really? Yeah. We saw a couple shows, but I can't remember anything about them. We are Fresh Catch 2.0. And we will try to do better next time around.